Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. We're today a two-week series uh, we're doing called uh, What, How, Who. And it's a series we kicked off last week talking about uh, what we are about here at Elevation Church, how we do that and who we are. And I said last week that if you've been with us for a while at Elevation, you may have heard some of these things before, but I think that's a good thing for us to be reminded once again why we're here at church. I think sometimes we can get familiar with things. We can forget our purpose, our reason. So it's a good thing for us who have been here for a while, Elevation, to know that. And there might be other people who have joined us recently over the more recent months or weeks, or today's your first day here. I think it's really great for you to know about what the church is that you're joining or thinking about joining, who we are, what we're about, and how we do those things. So I think this is a great two weeks uh, that we're going to go through. And so what am I talking about? I'm talking about mission, vision, and values. And so a quick recap What we are about is multiplying healthy local churches. We believe a healthy church is because of healthy people in that church. So we are concerned about you individually as a person, emotionally, spiritually, uh, mentally, and physically. How are you? Because we believe the church is not the name on on the building up the front or the pastor up the front. It's the people in the church. So for the church to be healthy, you need to be healthy. We also believe that the church is God's plan A to reach the world. And so church, that's you. Turn to the person next to you say, you are God's plan to reach the world. So then how do we go about doing that? If we're about multiplying healthy local churches, how do we do that? Well, how we do that is by creating environments that inspire intimacy with Christ relationship with others and influence in our world. You'll see that written on the wall when you walk into the church building or when you walk out of this auditorium today. A veggie garden needs the right environment to grow healthy. And we believe that the followers of Jesus Christ need the right environment in church to grow a healthy church. And so we work hard to create environments that inspire intimacy with Christ. And not only that, it's not just about Sunday. Please don't think that this all is all about just rocking up to church on a Sunday and the rest of the week it's just live however. No, we believe in creating environments wherever we go. In our life, in our workplace, with our friends and family, at school, wherever we go, we are creating environments that can, I'm telling you, they can inspire intimacy with Christ, relationship with others and influence in our world. And so, look, if you missed last week's message, I really want to encourage you strongly to jump onto the podcast, go watch the YouTube video to listen to that message because it's so important to understand uh, our what and our how here at Elevation Church. Let's pray right now. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time together today. I thank you uh, that your presence is here, Jesus. That is why we've come to, to church. We've not just come to hear words or just to sing songs. We have come to encounter you, God. So I pray that as we already have through worship, I pray we continue through uh, looking in your word this morning. In Jesus' name, everyone said? Amen. Come on, everyone said? Amen. Amen. Uh, if you're in a relationship today, uh, if you're married or you have a partner, I want you to think back to when you met that person, when you met that special person. Are you thinking back right now? 
someone, someone yell out some, some places. Where did you meet them? Church? Where, someone else? Overseas? School? Anyone else? One more person. Friends? Okay, great. Okay, so you'll have met these people through friends, at school, university, overseas. You know, let's just go on a trip and just find our husband overseas. You know, like wherever you met them, you've met them somewhere, right? I met my wife, Gabby, at church. I mean, how much more Christian can you get, guys? Like, come on. I met her at church. Uh, I was uh, 47. She was 45. That's for my kids. That's when they're allowed to start dating. I was actually 17. She was 16. And I was, I was the shy pastor's kid who used to play drums. She was the beautiful girl that walked in, and I'm like, ah, oh, she's out of my league. So I just did what all shy people do. I ignored her for months. That's what shy people do, just ignore. We're not snobs, we just ignore people because we're too shy. Anyway, eventually I worked up the courage to, to say hello to her, and things went from there. We went and saw a movie. We went and saw that, that John claude Van Damme classic, Time Cop. I mean, we're going, <laughs> Time Cop, <laughs> Very romantic movie. Eventually, I was invited to her house. You know, her, her brothers were coming to church, so I, 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 we knew them. And so eventually, I was invited to their house for dinner. And it was there that I encountered something I'd never encountered before, something very, very brand new. I encountered Italian culture. I encountered Italian culture for the first time. I was brought up in an Australian-type household. And so the love of food... Like, for Italians, everything revolves around food. Everything. Every waking second of the day is about food. This was new to me. And, and, and not just food, lots of it. Lots of it. There's like, you know, 50 chicken schnitzels. Like, there's only four of us here. What's going on? Like, uh, they're, they're, they're fiery love to discuss things and to shout and to use their hands and to scream at each other. But they're not angry with each other. They're just like, that's just how we talk. Uh, things like that, and, and I counted all different types of things of her, the, the, the gatherings, the love of family, you know, the real value they place on family and doing life together, just a pride in their homeland. I mean, you just got to talk to an Italian. It's like, uh, what are you? I'm Italian. You're fourth generation Australian. What are you talking about? <laughs> but, you know, Italian, they just love this pride, you know. All of us have experienced cultures in our life. And most of us, the, the first and probably the strongest culture we, we encounter is probably our ethnicity, right? So whether we're Australian or we're Italian or we might be Greek, Lebanese, you know, Chinese, African, whatever it might be, these Irish, we encounter these cultures. I want you to think back to maybe another culture that you might have encountered in your life when you were perhaps going to school or high school or university. Think back to then. You, I remember when I was in high school, basketball culture was really big. So we were all into basketball, basketball boots, you know, basketball trading cards. We'd go down to the local school, play basketball after hours. Uh, basketball culture, anyone remember something like that? Maybe for you it was more surfy culture. Had the long blonde locks and uh, the, the suntan and you had the combi van or something like that. Uh, I don't know, what's another culture? Skater culture. It was all about skate, you know, being, being uh, I was going to, anyway. It's all about being skater culture, right? You know, going down and spray painting things and making a nuisance. No, no, no. I just lost all the skaters in the house. Maybe for you it was hip-hop, you know what I mean? Uh, punk culture, I'm going back a little bit here. Maybe for you it was hippie culture. Any, any ex-hippies here today? Oh, come on, I know there's one at least. Any ex-hippies here today? No, he doesn't want to say it. That's my dad, if you don't know. 
Culture is the ideas, customs and behaviours of a particular group of people or society. And so what happens is anytime you have a collection of people they gather together, they, they end up settling on this kind of like rhythm, this kind of like, this is how we think, this is how we talk, you know, this is the way we act in life, these are the clothes we wear, these are the kinds of things we do. They start to create culture around themselves. And so our what, how and who statements, they're all about the culture that we want to create here at Elevation. They're all about creating culture. These are our norms. These are the things we say. These are the things we believe. This is who we are. And they're our distinctives. It's what makes you, when you join Elevation, this is what you're joining. And we're not saying this is the only way to do church. We're not even saying this is the best way to do church. We're just saying this is the way we do church. And so when you join here, this is the culture that you are becoming part of. So today what I want to do is I want to unpack our who. So if what is our mission, how is our vision, who is our values? Sounds like I'm doing that uh, old Abbott and Costello skit, right? Who's on first? Sec- uh, you know, who is on first? If you know it, you know it. If you don't, you don't. Go look it up afterwards. It's really good. Before I uh, list out our values, I just want to let you know one thing because you might listen along and, and you may get confused or you might even get upset. Today when I talk about our values, I'm not going to talk about anything christian Like I'm not going to talk about anything like uh, we're all about, um, you know, reading the Bible or we're all about uh, loving Jesus or we're all about, you know, uh, uh, gathering together as, as a body of believers. And the reason why is not because we don't value those things, but because we believe that as a Christian, those are a given. Like they're in our what and our how. Like if, you, if we're doing the what and the how, you're going to cover those things. So we're not going to talk about them in our values because our values are what make us distinct and they talk about the culture we're trying to build here. So who is Elevation? Who we are is authentic, adventurous, fun and spirit-led. Come, would you say that with me? Adventurous, sorry, authentic, adventurous, fun and spirit-led. So number one, if you're taking notes, write these down today. We are authentic. We're authentic. Uh, years ago, Gabby and I, we went to, to Thailand before we had kids and we were free and we could just, you know, go on holidays whenever we wanted to. It's my daughter sitting over there. Um, we went to a place called Thailand. And when we were at Thailand, we went to these markets. I don't know if you've ever been to these places, but we went to this market and, and there was this, this, these people selling watches. And I walk over and, and they're selling Omegas and, you know, they're selling Rolexes, Tag Heuers. And like... I picked up an Omega Speedmaster, like the same type of watch that, that James uh, Bond wore to the moon, uh, you're like, for $50. And I was like, this is so amazing. I brought Gabba Rolex for $10. Like, this is, this is crazy, man. And, I, and I, like, I said to Gab, man, in Australia, we get ripped off. Like, there must be such a massive markup. I mean, the shipping's very expensive. We get ripped off in Australia. I don't understand why people are spending ten, twenty thousand dollars on a watch, fifty thousand. When you can come to Thailand, fifty dollars, ten dollars. There's my Omega, the Rolex. Like, right? <laughs> They're fake, obviously. Hey, they're fake watches. You know what? Today we live in a fake world. We live in a world where there is so much fakeness going going around. You need social media. It's like. I mean, I don't do social media a lot, but when I do post on social media, you better believe I'm like taking 10, 20 photos before I post it, right? Carefully curated photos that we upload to our social media. There's fake friendships, fake facades, you know, how you going, oh, I'm good, I'm good. Like, and really on the inside, things are not so great. Fake news, fake body parts, fake 
uh, goods, and all this fakeness has created a deep hunger, a deep hunger for authenticity, a deep hunger in people to just have real, something real in their life. And so that's what we're about. We're about being authentic. Can I just say there is nothing worse than fake, religious, phony Christians. There is nothing worse than encountering a Christian and they're not authentic in their life. They're they're fake, just-for-show Christians. And we are not about that here at Elevation. As as much as possible, myself, Gabby, our other leaders, other people in this church, we are are authentic as as much as we can be possible to you today. What What is authentic? Authenticity is the inside matches the outside. I want to just give you an example right now. I've got this little... Oh man, this is heavy. Got this little little prop here, and what we're going to do is is we're going to I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. The inside matches the outside. I got a banana here. I'm going to cut this in half, and guess what, guys? We're going to find an apple on the inside. Let's try this. Oh my goodness, there's a banana on the inside. The inside matches the outside. We've got an orange here. What, what do you reckon? Strawberry. We're going to find a strawberry, maybe maybe a watermelon in here. What do we reckon, guys? I'll try and get this so you can hear the cutting. Obviously, I do a lot of cooking at home. <laughs> and there goes the basket. Oh, my goodness, there's an orange on the inside. The inside matches the outside. Thank you so much, Rick. You can t- yeah, we can take that now. How was that prop, guys? Was that amazing? Watch that knife. Thank you, Rick. It's awesome. The inside matches the outside. Church, today, when you come to Elevation, you do not have to be fake. You can be the real you. If you're introverted, you can be introverted. If you're extroverted, you can be extroverted. If you're a shy person, that's okay. If you're an outgoing person, that's all right. If you've had a bad week, let us know you've had a bad week. If you had an amazing week, tell us you've had an amazing week. You don't have to put on the Christian facades that we sometimes find in churches that you may have been to. See, Jesus, he savaged in the Gospels. The people he savaged the most were the fake, phony, inauthentic Pharisees. Has a look what he says in Matthew 23, verse 27. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs, which appear beautiful on the outside, but inside are full of the bones of the dead, dead and every kind of impurity. In the same way, on the outside you seem righteous to people, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. See, Jesus wasn't interested in fake faith. And can I tell you today, church, your friends, your family, your work colleague that you sit next to at work, they are also not interested in a fake Christianity. They want the authentic person and the authentic encounter with Jesus Christ. See, at Elevation, we want the real deal. Authentic people, authentic faith, authentic love for Jesus and each other. And so my question today is, how authentic are you? I'm asking myself today, Bronson, how authentic am I? Are you being real? Are you living life real? You know, like, just please, we don't need more Ned Flanders Christians. Be normal. Be a normal person, you know. Are you living a fake life or an authentic life? Number one, we are authentic. Number two, we're adventurous. 
Number two, we're adventurous. So, you know, we're climbing the Himalayan mountains. We're diving the Mariana Trench. We're going out to Sahara Desert and we're doing the Dakar, Dakar Rally. Uh, we're going to the, to the deepest jungles, jungles and we're searching for uh, the Temple of Doom. You know, we've got our whips and our hats. We're like Indiana Jones. We're driving monster trucks, jumping out of aeroplanes. We're sleeping on the plains of the Savannah in Africa. No guns, no guides. We're just there by ourselves. Come on, lions, come at it. We're adventurous. If that's your life, man, can you please make sure you have a film crew? Film it because I want to live vicariously through your life because it sounds awesome. Is that what I'm talking about today when I say we're adventurous? No, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. If that's how you live life, that's awesome. Be authentic. If that's you, awesome. Go for it. But what I'm talking about is adventurous is more than that. It's about being on an adventure with Jesus. You can have an adventurous life with Jesus. Erwin uh, Ralph McManus says this, to follow Jesus is to enter the unknown, relinquish security and to exchange certainty for confidence in him. It's about adventure with Jesus, about letting go of the control that we want, letting go of all the plans, that how we want everything to go in life, and say, God, I'm prepared to let you have control of my life, to allow life to be an adventure. See, we're not sit on the sidelines, people. We believe we're born for more. And more is always on the other side of difficulty. More is always on the other side of us having to stretch ourselves, stretch our faith, take a step out into the unknown, the uncertain. The Christian life can be an adventure when we give up control and start to trust God with our lives. So that might look like you having to trust God in your situation, whether it's your health, whether it's your finances, whether it's in, in, in trusting for your partner, whatever it is to say, God, I choose to trust you. And what I love about the Bible is the Bible has stories and examples for any situation in life you might find yourself in. You can see an example. And the Bible is full of moments where God called men and women out of the known, out of the certain, and called them into the adventure of the unknown, the uncertain, where they left the comfort and entered into the, event, the adventure of God's plans for my lives. I love what Paul says in Acts 20, 24. Uh, maybe in Paul, maybe in someone else. I do not count my life of any value, nor as precious to myself. If only I may accomplish my course and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of the Lord. Paul is saying, look, this is my life, but I am saying that, God, I want to do your gospel call. He's laying it on the line for the call of Jesus. And so to be adventurous means that we push ourselves and we fight against comfort. We fight against comfort. We say, God... We, I want you to be moving in my life. Make me a person who will never just sit in the chairs at church and just lean back as an amazing worship is happening, who just lean back as someone is preaching the gospel of word, who sits back and are comfortable to have their ears tickled. Let's always say, God, I want to lean in to be part of this adventure of reaching the world for Jesus Christ. It means we're willing to try something new. We get outside of the boat onto the water. We're bold and we're brave. And see, we believe that God wants to do more through us, in us, 
through us and for us and to reach the world. And it's not about being complacent, isn't part of God's mourn. So the Christian life is the greatest mission and adventure possible. Can I tell you, living a life for Jesus is the greatest mission that you'll ever go on. It's going to have twists and turns. There's going to be plot twists. There's going to be things you didn't expect. But when you're on a venture with Jesus, can I say, you've got someone with you always. He said he'll never leave you or forsake you. Jesus is with you on the adventure he wants to lead you on. So today I want to ask you, what's God's, what is God calling you to put on the line for him? I'm not talking about necessarily something so magnificent. It might be something small. But what is he asking you to do? To step out of faith, to go against your comfort, to walk out of your comfort zone for him. What adventure is he stirring in your heart? So number one, we're authentic. Number two, we are adventurous. Thirdly, we are fun. Say that this morning. We are fun. We are fun. I want to tell you a joke. Uh, a mother went to wake up her son for church one Sunday morning. When she knocked on his door, he said, I'm not going. She said, why not? Sounds like Roman. Why not? Asked his mother. I'll give you two good reasons. He said, one, they don't like me. Two, I don't like them. Because they don't like me and I don't like them. The mum said to him, well, listen, I'm going to give you two good reasons why you have to go to church. One, you're 47 years of age. Two, you're the pastor. I mean, what a sad dude. You're the pastor. Can I just say that I believe that maybe you like me, but if you don't, I like you, okay? So God created fun. He created humor. He created laughter. You're allowed to have fun in church. Come on, you're allowed to laugh and enjoy yourself in church. Can I say this? Too many people think Christianity is boring because there's too many boring Christians. Hey, where do, they, where do they get that concept from? Because there's too many boring Christians. Turn to the person next to you say, that's, that's not me. You know, if church is, is dead and somber and boring, I'm telling you something, I'm not here. I'm not coming. You know, I don't see Jesus was a dead, boring somber kind of guy like he he rocked out with 12 guys like imagine his posse going down the street you know you see 12 guys walking down the street you're like well I'm gonna cross the road because you know I'm not sure like he, he he was he was a man's man if church is full of but you don't have to be a man's man either I just got to clarify that <laughs> I was gonna say something else but I won't say it you can't say those things anymore we are fun we enjoy being around each other we laugh we joke you know, we, we, you know if, if you know the person well, you might tease that person, you know, in, in a good, loving way. But, you know, we do those things. It's okay. We're in church. We smile. We're fun to be around. And I understand. Look, I understand that life isn't always fun. I understand that sometimes in life there are things that happen that aren't fun, that are real, that, that, can, be, you know, that can be heartbreaking. But in James 1, 2, it says this, to count it all joy. It says count it all joy. What you experience, you, the mountaintop moments, count it as joy. And when you're in the valley moments, the shadow moments, the dark nights, count it all joy. Whatever life throws at you, good or bad, you can choose joy. You can choose to have an attitude of joy, to, have, to choose happiness. You can choose to be someone who is enjoyable to be around, a fun person. When's the last time someone said you're fun to be around? 
Like, I'm not talking about you're a comedian, like you're hilarious. But when's the last time someone said, man, I just, when was the last time that you were with someone and you walked away and like, man, that was such a great time for that person. There is something about that person. I can guarantee you it wasn't because they sat in the corner on their phone the whole time and didn't talk to you. It's because there's something about them that engaged you. We are authentic. We are adventurous. We are fun. And then fourthly, we are spirit-led. If the kids would come this morning, we are spirit-led. And please, church, if we grabbed a hold of those other three values this morning, I really want us as a church to grab a hold of this one. We are spirit-led. Uh, my son, Roman, he started school this year. And so if you've got young children, or you might remember, they have a, a reading diary. And so they have books that they bring home every week. And so every night we sit down with Roman, myself, or my wife, Gabby, and we read him the books. So we're trying to help him to learn how to read. So we read these books, and then in the diary, we write down the book that he wrote, uh, read, and then we write down a little comment that he might have said about it. Well, I can't wait to introduce Roman to the Choose Your Own Adventure books. Does anyone remember the Choose Your Own Adventure books? They may not look like it now, but I was a bit of a nerd when I was a kid. I read so many books. I was shy, I remember. I used to read so many books. And I used to love to choose your own adventure books. And so if you've never read one of these, let me explain it to you. You you might be reading a book, and let's just say the book talks about you're going to, uh, (laughs) this is a very American example, but you're going to the county fair. Let me change it. Maybe you're going down to the footy, okay? You're going to the footy, and then it says, okay, you're at the footy gates. Do you, one, choose to, if you choose to enter the gates, go to page 23. And then it might say, if you choose to wait for your friends, uh, go to page 59, and, it might, and then it might say, if you choose to scalp your tickets, we'd never do that, go to page you know, 70. And so you choose your own adventure, and they're like, lots of fun. If you've got little kids, introduce them to the Choose Your Own Adventures. They're lots of fun. You get to choose what you do next. Well, as children of God, there are moments in our lives where it's not about choosing our own adventure. It's actually about allowing God to let His Holy Spirit lead us into the next season of our life, to lead us into that next adventure for us. Romans 8, 14, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And you know, oftentimes when we talk about being Spirit-led, sometimes we can have the wrong impression of what that means. We can, we can think that that means that we just wing it. We can, we can mean that just that life is just loose and it's just like, well, you know, church, I didn't prepare a sermon today because this morning I'm just going to allow the Spirit to move, you know, right? We might think it's something like that or we might think it means being on the edge of Christianity, just being so far out on the edge, like just being like, weird and fruity and strange we think that's what spirit led means we might think it means to to be meditating for eight hours of a day on the on the word of god we might think it's about words of knowledge or giving prophecy or speaking in tongues and i don't have anything against those things i do some of those things but what i'm saying is that those things aren't necessarily being spirit led They might be the outward manifestations, but they're not necessarily being Spirit-led. Being Spirit-led is to intentionally listen for and make room for God's Spirit to direct our paths. That's Spirit-led. If you think that you've got to be this strange person, you've got to be like this weird person to be a a Spirit-filled person, no. It's just allowing God to direct your paths. You do this by living your life, but allowing for God to divinely interrupt it. That's being Spirit-led. Acts 16, and they went through the region 
man, some of these words in the Bible. Philgria and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they come up to Mycenae, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mycenae, they went down to Troas, and his vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, come over, to, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So what's happened here? Here we see Paul. Now Paul is a preacher. That's what he does, okay? That's, his, that's what he does in life. You may not be a preacher. You may be a stay-at-home parent. You may be a teacher at a school. You may work in an office environment. You may run your own business. But he was doing what he does. You do what you do. He's doing his, his, his ministry. And he's decided we're going to visit these, these towns. We're going to visit these countries. He's got his itinerary. He's got his plans. He's got his local contacts. And as he is going along, heading in this direction, the Holy Spirit interrupts him. He says, Paul, I know you've got plans to go this way. But my Holy Spirit is actually changing your plans and interrupting them to go this way, to go this other direction. See, God's Spirit leads him somewhere to go somewhere else, a divine interruption. So to be Spirit-led, church, it simply means this. Live your life. Do your life. It, just do your life, but then have your ears open to hear the Holy Spirit. And if He interrupts it, listen and obey. Listen and obey to what He says. In the midst of all that you're doing, allow the Holy Spirit to redirect you as He prompts you. So being Spirit-led might look like this. You've decided to go and catch up with a friend or a person. And you've got like, I've got an hour to spend with this person for whatever reason. And being Spirit-led might be, you know what? I end up staying longer than an hour. I end up staying an hour and a half or two hours because I feel God speaking to me and say, hey, you need to spend more time with this person. What you're talking about, you need to talk about this more. You need to go deeper. That's being Spirit-led. Being Spirit-led is, is saving up and putting money aside for maybe a, 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 an outfit that you want to buy or maybe a, a toy or some tools that you want to buy and putting that money aside and then God's speaking to you and saying, hey, that money, I want you to give that money to that family or to that person to bless them because you may not know what's going on in their life, but I do. And you say, Holy Spirit, I'll listen to you. I will do that. That's being Spirit-led. It's not praying in tongues and, and you know, prophesying. It's just doing these simple things. It might be being at work and suddenly stopping to take a five-minute break because someone's name came into your mind and you're like, I should pray for that person. Take five minutes out, pray for that person. That's being Spirit-led. It's living your life, your normal life, but then allowing God to interrupt your life when He needs to. question for you is, does the Holy Spirit lead you at times? And if you're not hearing the Holy Spirit, I would encourage you to spend more time in your day to say, Holy Spirit, I want to hear you. When you wake up in the morning, start to pray, Holy Spirit, I want to hear your voice. And then the next step is, if you do hear His voice, are you listening and obeying? Are you listening and obeying to the Holy Spirit? Do you listen to Him? So today, who are we? We are authentic. We are adventurous. We are fun. And we are Spirit-led. And today, as I close, what if we took these four values and what if we took them we said hey they're not just an elevation thing 
they're not just a Sunday church thing that we do. They're not just a culture that we're trying to establish here on a Sunday uh, underneath the name of a church with a, lead, with a senior lead pastor and executive pastor and location pastors. What if we applied them not just to Sundays, but to our everyday life? What if we said that, you know what, in my everyday life, these four values, I'm going to enact them out. I'm going to use them as the filters for the actions of my life. What if we said at home and in my workplace and in my relationships, I'm going to live this way. See, what if we pause and asked ourselves, hey, Bronson, am I, am I authentic? Is what you see on the outside the same as what's on the inside as me? Am I being real to you? Or do I, am I putting a facade on Bronson? What am I doing? Am I asking myself, hey, is this a chance for me to be adventurous? This is it. Well, I'm going to step out. This is going to be something big, you know, but I'm going to take this opportunity to be adventurous or, or ask ourselves, am I a fun person to be around or do I let the Holy Spirit lead me? And I, I pray that as a church community that this would not be just something that I talk about or, or that this, our leaders talk about. I pray it would be something as a church community, as a body of believers, as, as the church, that we would all say yes we want to come together. We believe that in the vision of this church, we believe that God is here to multiply healthy local churches. We want to help create environments that inspire intimacy with Christ, relationship with others, influencing our world. We want to be part of that. We want to, we want to live authentic, adventurous, fun, and spirit-led lives. Here's what I know, church. I believe that as we do those things, I believe that individually and together as a church, that we will see God move in our lives. And I'm so, so excited about what God is doing in this church. I'm so, so excited about what God has been doing in this place in 2022. It's amazing. God's been moving in a powerful way. And it's nothing that we're doing. We're just being consistent. We believe this is what we've been called for. We believe that this is our what, this is our how, this is our who. We're just going to keep doing those. If people want to be part of that, it's amazing. If they don't, that's okay. But this is who we are as a church body and as individuals. Let's pray this morning. God, we just thank you today, Lord Jesus. We thank you in this place, Lord God.